welcome to Books, Broads, and Booze. This is your host, Jamie Bennett, and... Hi, I'm Monica. Woohoo! Yay! This month's book is Love with a Chance of Drowning by Tor DeRoche. Or That's perhaps Tori. Something else? We're uh, not sure. <laughs> yes. It's an exciting memoir about travel. Uh, and as a quick side note, I do have a cricket in the studio today. So we have this nice ambiance of nature. It's a nice summer evening and we're sitting outside and listening to the crickets. And crickets are lucky. <laughs> they are. I was reading up about why crickets are uh, lucky to the Chinese and it was because if an intruder came into your home, the crickets would stop chirping and then people would wake up and be like, oh no, the crickets stopped. That's super interesting. Never heard that. Yeah, because I, I was also trying to figure out how to get crickets out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, it didn't work. <laughs> so did you want to talk about the book a little bit, Monica? I thought it was a great book. So little basic overview is she meets a guy a one at night a stand. bar. One night stand. They end up hitting it off. And he's an adventurer. He has a sailboat and he wants to sail across the ocean. And she does not want to do that at all. And it's about facing her fears and they go on this amazing trip and all the, th all the problems they come up with and how she learns and grows as a person. And I really got to like her a lot as a person. I will say that when a book starts off with a hangover, I'm like, oh, uh. but <laughs> she won me over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's Australian. Her parents are Americans. Her parents are like hippies that moved to Australia and they're a very sort of laissez-faire, do what you want kind of people. They're, she has like five siblings or something like that. Yeah. They're all very close-knit, and they're like, if you want to go to America, go ahead. But in one year, you're coming back, and you're not to get married, no falling in love, none of this nonsense crap. Go work, come home. Mm -hmm. And she meets this guy in a bar, and she's like, oh, he's going to go sail the ocean in a year. She's like, perfect, this is great, because I'm going back to Australia in a year. And then he's like, come on this boat with me. And she's all like, oh, but I'm terrified of water. I wanted to say, I think there's two kinds of people in the world. So I imagine when your soul is getting ready to be born on the earth and you're deciding what kind of person you're going to be, some people are like, I want to be adventurous and go on these grand adventures and climb mountains and sail oceans, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy reading. And that way <laughs> I can experience those things without the mortal fear. <laughs> yes, yes. So her... Her blog, her website is called thefearfuladventurer.com. She has some discussion questions about the book, so we can we can hop into yes, the, the and first they were question. really good questions. I've yeah. read it over, and yeah, I think this will be really interesting. So Tor and Ivan spent two years living at sea without many of the creature comforts that one finds in modern day life, such as internet and phones, limitless electricity and water, and well-stocked supermarkets and stores. If you were thrust into a similar off-the-grid situation, what do you think you would miss the most? <laughs> I would miss everything the most. I, I hate 
getting my food from the grocery store. Like, I find it exhausting going grocery shopping, coming home, and putting it all away. Uh, as a spoiler for the book, at one point uh, in time, uh, they haven't quite made as far as they want to in the weather conditions, so they decide to store the boat for several months, and they go back to it, and the food is all spoiled and disgusting and gross. I would have given up at that point. I would be like, nope, I'm out. Sorry. I'm flying back home. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I really thought about this question a lot. It's really interesting because I have often wanted to live outside the system and live off grid and have a cabin in the woods and be self-sufficient and everything like that. And as I'm getting older, 45 now, <clears throat> um, and we actually considered buying a piece of land out in New Mexico or Colorado. And I realized that we were, you know, two hours away from supermarket or restaurants. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty rugged, but I like a pizza delivered once in a while. So I, I'm going to have to go with that. That would be the biggest thing I would miss because that's what I thought of. <laughs> I was like, food. Yeah. Grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I can't. I can't even imagine. Now, could I do it? Yes. Do I like it, the idea in um, principle? Yes. I really think that we should try to become a little less dependent on all of these things that are damaging to, you know, our health and our society and all these processed and really made available things. Do I want to go full on Little House on the Prairie, though? I don't think so. No. No. When she throws up through her nose Ugh. at the very beginning in Mexico. Yeah. I was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I was I... like, I'm finding a way back home. I don't care if this is sketchy, scary Mexico. I'm not getting back on that boat. Mm. I went on a boat once when I was nine months pregnant with my first child, and it was just in Lake Michigan. And I had never been on Lake Michigan before. And our friends that we were with, I had never seen a person drive back to shore so fast. He said he had literally never seen anybody turn green. And he said my skin looked green. So I would not fare well on the open ocean. Well, she, she's like, we're going to die. We're going to die. And she's throwing up and she's like, we're going to die. But she keeps going on. I was like, man, you are way better than I am. Because yeah. if I was swearing up and down that we were going to die and I was vomiting out my nose, <laughs> I don't think I could have kept going. And he was so patient with her. Yeah, he's like, no, we're not going to die. I'm kind of confident that he's not a real man. <laughs> <laughs> he can't possibly exist. He was so, like, caring and loving of her. He was, but, like, he, he was so obsessed with this trip and the whole thought of sailing and living that lifestyle, I really didn't like him until the very end. And then I was like, okay, fine, you won me over. <laughs> uh, he grew on me. Um, I liked him way before that. I did. Um, there was lots of things about him that I found, like, charming and endearing. And he was almost, like, childlike in his he's, optimism. Yeah, he's such a klutz. Yeah, I can relate. He's causing so much trouble. <laughs> And then it was just like, where he's sailing around Australia. I was like, that's it. He needs to go. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. So the second question. 
Detour and Ivan's high sea adventure make you feel grateful to be safe on dry land, or did it inspire you to seek out a wild adventure of your own? Well, I'll just say that as I was reading the book, I had to keep reminding myself that she must have lived because she wrote the book. <laughs> so I, although it didn't inspire me to do a grand adventure like that, it did inspire me to try and come out of my normal every day a little bit because there's something about doing things differently than you always do that allows you to see things from a different perspective. And I liked the what happened to her, how she learned and growed. So definitely not to the extent that she did, but it was inspiring to me. I also found it inspiring to try something adventurous and uh, not that we have a lot of choices right now, but definitely do something outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Be like, oh, wow, I actually did that. And, um, yeah. It's definitely not a uh, deep ocean. <laughs> no. Traveling. No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so, question number three. Before the couple sets off on their epic voyage, Tor tells Ivan she's afraid they'll meet their deaths by drowning. He replies, some people die of old age without ever having lived their dreams. Some people die without ever having loved. That's tragic. We'll both die someday. That's a guarantee. If something happens on the ocean, we'll die as two people in love who are living a remarkable adventure. That's a good way to die. What do you think about Ivan's philosophy on life, death, and danger? Is it inspiring or reckless? I'll let you go first with this one. <laughs> okay, so he has a solid point. I mean, like, it, yeah, what we're doing is risky, but it's like we're we're doing something adventurous together in love. And if we die doing this, well, you know, it's it'll be a good death. I would say, yeah, that would be a good death. Yeah, it's not something I'm personally willing to risk. <laughs> I I actually, when he said that, I was the same. I was like, yes, you are right. You know, that is an honorable death, right? But when they're in the ocean in the middle of a storm and she's remembering these words, she's like, but I don't want to die like this. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's true. And so although it is a good sentiment, um, and I do feel like they were prepared where they weren't taking you know, they did a lot of homework and a lot of research. And so it was a risk, but it, it's not like nobody's ever done it before. Right, right. So I think in this situation, yeah, I'm going to agree that that's, that was worth the risk. I think it's also different for them because they were single and they didn't have kids. They didn't have other responsibilities. And like, I was definitely more reckless before I became a mother. And now I feel sort of like I'm obligated to live until 90 because that's what I promised my kids. Right. <laughs> Don't have kids. My solid advice and advice I've given my own kids. You can either have kids or you can have a life. <laughs> Question four. When Tor tells her mother she's thinking of sailing home to Australia from the United States on a small yacht with a man she's just met, her mother gives consent with an elegant analogy. I've always preferred to stick feathers on your wings rather than clip them off. 
How would you react if this were your own child or loved one? Would you give your approval or would you feel more tempted to clip feathers and keep your loved one grounded? I loved this question because I have made a conscious effort with my kids to encourage them to do things even if I don't think it's a good idea. And I'll tell you why. I feel like I have not been risky in a lot of my choices. For example, I have stayed living in this same area that I grew up in. I didn't move away. And a lot of that was because of pressure from family. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, always naysaying all of my dreams, right? So if my kids do want to do something that I don't approve of, which I have encountered that recently with my 16-year-old, 17-year-old now daughter, <laughs> and I will say, look, I'm going to tell you, I don't think this is probably the best idea, but it's not my choice and I want you to be happy. And so I'll support you if that's what you really want to do. But these are the problems that I see and... I, you know, try and help them to understand, to be prepared and things. So, yeah, I think I would say whether I approved or disapproved, but I wouldn't be like, you shouldn't do that. What are you, crazy? Like, there's a way to talk to people about things that doesn't make them feel, you know. Defensive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked Taurus parents and their parenting style. Yeah, you're over there being all reasonable and <laughs> great mothering. I was more like Ivan's parents, like, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> That's stupid. No. I will not support this. You will die and I will never see you again. No. Yeah. Here, have some meat for your voyage. <laughs> Don't starve, dumbass. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I, I would totally be on the other side of that fence. You know, like, no. And I've talked to lots of people, parenting styles. You know, I have teenagers right now. And I am a kind of laissez-faire parent. I feel like they should make their own mistakes, make their own decisions. I'm not here to be a dictator. I have friends who are dictators. I have friends who go through their kids' phones and like are really hovery helicopter parents. And do you know what? It doesn't matter. Your teenagers will hate you anyway. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I think that's just sort of like the baseline of a teenager. Ugh. Yeah. So You're still alive. Ugh. Okay. <clears throat> Number five. Do you think Ivan and Tor would have had a better experience if they'd taken more time for education and preparation? Or was it a better idea for them to just dive in and learn to swim into the deep end, so to speak? So they didn't feel like they really were that unprepared. Like, Ivan had done sailing before. He even signed Tor up for sailing lessons that just didn't go well. Right. They read a lot of memoirs. She was doing a lot of research. Yeah, but I do think that that was kind of one of the main points is um, sometimes you just have to jump in and go, you're never going to be 100% prepared for every situation that's going to come up. And it reminds me of, I believe it's Elizabeth Gilbert. I could be wrong because sometimes I get her and Brene Brown mixed up in their quotes. But I'm 90% sure it's Elizabeth, Gil Elizabeth Gilbert who says start before you're ready. And I feel like we can convince ourselves that we're not ready and we have to learn all these things. I am that person. 
<laughs> like for example, I've done so much research into like things that are metaphysical and reading tarot cards and I could teach a class. I could do this for a living, but in, but I enjoy the studying and the learning aspect and I don't really, um, maybe I'm lacking some confidence. So I don't feel ready and stops me from jumping in feet first. So again, another good life lesson for me is sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And they're, they're at uh, the harbor in Los Angeles and an older one woman says, she can tell that Ivan's ready to go and tour's not quite there yet. And she's like, listen, you're never going to be ready. You just got to do it. Just jump on out. That's sale. And what's really cool about that is sometimes when you're thinking about things and you're at a point where you're making decisions, you're getting messages from the universe from unexpected sources, strangers that you meet, you know, conversations that you overhear, song lyrics that you notice. You know, if you pay attention to these little things, they're telling you, they're answering your questions. <laughs> uh -huh. So question number six. It's obvious the tour wouldn't have sailed across the Pacific Ocean if a change, if a chance meeting in a bar did not leave her into Ivan's watery world. But do you think Ivan would have made the voyage if not for tour? Why? Why not? He was a hot mess. Okay, he was like a just forgetful, um, overconfident on certain things, breaking stuff. I think he needed her. He would not have done as well as he did without yeah. her. That chance meeting was set up by the universe. Would he have done it himself? Well, Absolutely. yeah. freaking lootly Just not would've. nearly as successfully. <laughs> right. Uh, which, yeah. And I won't give a spoiler alert, but there's, you know, an example of that towards the end of the book. But, yes, he absolutely would have done it. <laughs> and probably bled to death on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> What's funny is that uh, as they're preparing for this, they go to the doctor and they're like, we need all these lists of medications. And the doctor's like, I am not prescribing you these. And they're like, listen, we're going to be hours, if not days away from medical help. We actually need these. And so they sort of like strong arm their way into medications that the doctor did not feel comfortable prescribing. And yeah, I was really super impressed with them. They gave you know really good examples like say she breaks a bone and we're 14 days from sea um from land you know i can give her painkiller or she can suffer for 14 days and i think that that's really that was a really awesome um example of using common sense you know right. where a lot of times you can't get prescribed things that you need or you do get prescribed things where you don't need. I feel like there's this element of common sense where if you're able to communicate with your doctor, you know, you can work things out. But a lot of right. people are don't have that ability. So I was glad that they got the medication. Yeah, I was, I was very impressed with them. Yeah, I was too. Uh, question number seven. During a heartful conversation, Ivan opens up to Tor about his childhood in Argentina, spent living under the oppression of a harsh dictatorship. Do you feel this impacted his decision to set sail? It's clearly apparent that Ivan helped Tor to face her demons, but in what ways do you think Tor helped Ivan to face his? I feel this was like his childhood is, explains the whole reason why he wants to go on this trip to begin with. 
1,000%, yes. Yeah. Uh, so he's Jewish, right? Ooh, I, 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 I believe he was of Jewish descent in Argentina, which was mostly Catholic, and they were taken over by dictatorship, and people were just sort of disappearing. And so um, he told his parents that he was going to America to become free, and he gets to America, and he finds it still... He's being oppressed, but differently, not how he envisioned his freedom to be. And I think that we all, in our own way, are trying to overcome these obstacles that we face in our childhood. And it makes us desire the opposite of whatever that struggle was. And what he went through, the absolute opposite of that is freedom. And sailing around on a boat, I mean, how could you be more free? And we haven't really discussed that. We've talked about, oh, I'd be scared and, oh, this was terrible or whatever. But it was an amazing experience. Right, when it wasn't really, really horrible, it was absolutely amazing and fantastic, beautiful, beyond imagination. and And I thought one of the perfect examples was they were on this island and they're meeting all these people and they're just, you know... They're adopted by families, and they have on, like, board shorts, and they're talking. And then Ivan says, you know, this is the way to see the islands, right? Not on a cruise ship. And then a cruise ship pulls up, okay? And everybody on the island has on their native costumes, and they're selling things. because And they're not their... allowed on the island. Right. And this is their chance to make money. and And it just really goes to show that... It was the exact same experience. Those people on the cruise ship and those two on their own yacht were on the same island, experiencing the same day, but through a totally different perception. It was an entirely different reality. And that was incredibly thought-provoking to me. I agree. I agree. I agree, yeah. And, And it made Ivan's, you know saying this is how we need to be traveling and seeing is like I get it Ivan I right. get it yeah yeah, yeah. it's definitely not the same as a cruise ship and, yeah. the, and the other couples and other boats that they met and they became like a community they would see each other in different places and they'd be like oh hey you need to come over here right and like oh why don't you come stop by this place it's really great Oh, this would be a good chance to talk about the alcohol portion of our, because I need to fill up my glass a little bit. So we have, Jamie bought this, Lee's Fitch California Pinot Noir. I am a fan of wine, and I do like red wine for fall and winter, and this one is very mellow. I am enjoying it. It is very smooth. It's, uh, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really, really good. I like it. I'm enjoying it. It's, um... Yeah, it's, I have no idea. It says 2017, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's really good. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> good enough that I grab the bottle and help myself. <laughs> Just let fill her up. <laughs> okay, so our next question. Question number eight. Seeing the world by yacht is a pursuit that most people assume is only for the wealthy and the fearless. But in love with the chance of drowning, we meet two people who do not fit this cliche. Ivan had to fight through disadvantage and poverty to make his dream happen, while Tora had to confront her crippling phobia in order to join him. Do you think that we often limit ourselves in life by believing we're stuck with a hand we're dealt? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Completely. I've talked often on this podcast about limiting core beliefs, and 
this is a perfect example. Um, and I can say I have phobias. I am very afraid of heights. I also am not financially abundant, but I will tell you, if you offered me $1 million to bungee jump off a bridge, I would tell you no. <laughs> so phobias are real and hard things to overcome. And I really have a lot of respect for her for, for doing that. And I don't know if I could have done it. I love it when she's like, now this is the part in like a Hallmark movie where I would suddenly have gotten rid of my phobia of the ocean and the sea and I would be at peace with myself. She's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't happen. I mean, like it does happen, but it takes months and you for know, it to get there. And I think another thing worth mentioning is, um, you know, were they rich? No. But for a common, like, working person who's living paycheck to paycheck, you know, they don't have kids. I, you know, Ivan has a high paying IT job. She's has a good job too. I think they're Graphic able artists. to, they're able to save some money. You know, someone like me, like there's no money left at the end of the paycheck to save. So right. I don't think it's really fair to say it's only for the rich. The regular people can do it too. Like I feel like a regular person and maybe that is a limiting belief of mine. I still haven't figured a way out of that yet. But uh, yeah, I was thinking, well, they're they're college educated single people right. who are also, you know, selling off every possession that they had mm -hmm. and and planned this outing not just in a few months, but it you know, he was for, Ivan for years. years. Yeah. And he you know, he invested in the vote years right. knowing that this is you know, a plan of his. He didn't come up with it short term. It was years. So I don't, yeah, I don't want people to feel mm. like less than if this isn't something that they can make possible. I don't feel like a lot of people could do this, even if they wanted to. Right. I, I agree. I think yeah. you would have to have a lot of determination and, and, uh, a and pure um, love of wanting to do this. Yeah. And not a lot of responsibility. Yeah. 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 Exactly. There was like with kids, it's just not even yeah. possible. Yeah. Okay. So our last question is, is it important for people to challenge themselves in this way? Does it ever make sense to just take it easy and opt for the easier path? I think it is important to challenge yourself because she went through so much personal growth. She had so much confidence. Her parents even were like, you're like a different child. You're a different person. You're not even the same girl that left. And so we do need challenges if we want to change, if we want to keep staying who we are and keep doing the same things that we're doing, mm -hmm. it, it's not going to, it's not going to change unless we challenge that, unless we do something outside our comfort zone. And I am going to 100% agree, but I am also going to say that if you do choose the easier path, that you also shouldn't judge yourself against other people's choices no, because you never no. know what's right for you might not be right for somebody else. So is choosing the easier path any less, make you any less valuable as a person? Absolutely not. Sometimes you're happy with the easier path right? and I'm content where I am right now. And yeah. so I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. But all in all, I felt like this was an interesting book. I loved the characters. I love their adventure. 
I did want to point out some of the things that I thought were amazing from the book was when her dad comes to visit and stays on a sailboat and they see the whale. Oh, that was so nice. Oh, it like, actually gave hell? me goosebumps, okay? They're seeing these things that off the beaten path that most people never get a chance to see. So if you do in your own little way have a chance to go, say, you know, to a state park or even a city park that you've never been to before and look at nature or just do a little tiny something that you normally wouldn't do. It might be enough to shape up your perspective of your everyday just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, um, I really appreciate it too. In the book, uh, Ivan's parents are Bory Warts. <laughs> And so they insist on uh, giving them, as a gift, a satellite cell phone. Yes. And I was like, mm, I totally would have done that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. yep. And then they met him in Tahiti, and I was like, oh, a place with a real hotel and real beds? Yeah, that would have been me, too. Yeah. And it's funny, because Tor was, like, all about it, like, yes. And he was like, oh. I'm a sellout, you know? <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I'm taking a shower and I can move yeah. around. Ooh, and this body feels so nice. But I really feel like you could tell that they loved each other. And um, all in all, the characters were having a lot of depth. And Yeah. 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 So uh, I looked up, and they are still together. Oh. And it's been like seven years nice. since they took the, the sailing trip. And the Daily Mail did a write-up on it, and there are several pictures on the website of the Daily Mail for um, their trip. And it does look uh, impressive. The photos do look impressive. You can yeah. see Ivan before the tattoo. You can see him after that tattoo. You can see how he looks at the beginning of the trip, and then yeah. all the hair and the beard grow in. And he doesn't even look like the same person. It's like the epitome of the hero's journey, and I've talked about tarot, and... A lot of that is about you start off with this innocence, right? And this, you're jumping in feet first. And then you go through all of these hardships and joys through the whole journey. And then you arrive at the end in, in wisdom and completion. And I felt like this story had all of those elements. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. It was really great. It yeah. was really great. So two recommends. Yes. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, and we will listen to you again next month. If you have any comments or questions, the uh, link to the email is in the description. Awesome. Bye, everybody. Bye.